Let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here and you're moving, always active, always releasing life and joy, righteousness. Holy Spirit, come in and illuminate these scriptures for us, this text this morning. We thank you for the gift of joy and ask that we would abound in it. ask, Lord, that you give me um, words to communicate and that most of all, Lord Jesus, that you speak this day so that when we walk out of here this morning, we're more like you and we get to give away more of you to more of the world who's desperate for love. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Um, if you were not at the very beginning of the service, no condemnation, um, the Andersons read us a verse, Luke chapter 2, 1 through 12. And they read that verse, that's, if you remember Linus in the, you know, in the Peanuts, that's Linus's line from Luke chapter 2, where he's talking about the birth of Jesus and the arrival of the angels to the shepherds to declare um, the good news of the birth of Jesus. <clears throat> to be a Christian is to have received good news, Right? I mean, to be a believer, to follow Jesus, is to have received the good news of great joy, to be justified in God's sight, by God's grace through faith. I want to read from Romans chapter 5. I'm kind of going to be focusing on Luke 2, those uh, last verses of Luke 2, but uh, start with Romans chapter 5. Close your eyes and listen to truth. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. You can open your eyes. Backtrack. What? Not only that, We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and and character produces hope. A couple weeks ago, I talked about hope that does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's a power-packed, typical Pauline power-packed passage (laughs) of truth. If we could live in the truth, if we could walk in faith that that's reality for us, justified, peace with God, obtained grace in which we stand, access through faith, it's, it's all ours as a gift. John Stott, a commentator from the last century, really, uh, in his commentary on Romans, he says, it seems clear from this paragraph, Romans 5, the beginning, that uh, the main mark of justified believers is joy. The main mark of justified believers, that's you and me, in Christ, is joy. A defining characteristic of life in Christ is joy, based not on outward circumstances, not on earthly circumstances, but based solely upon eternal promise, heavenly promise. It doesn't mean that sometimes circumstances won't be good. It just means we can't can't tie our joy to what we see around us. There's something deeper than what is to the visible eye, and it's what is eternally, spiritually, what we're present to because of Jesus. So during Advent, 
particularly this morning, I want to bring you back to that moment when the angels came to the shepherds and announced that they didn't have to be afraid, that there's great good news of great joy. So it's interesting in that passage, the angels come to the shepherds. By the way, shepherds, first century Israel, you know about this, scum of the earth, right? Uh, Shepherd couldn't even testify in court. They just weren't believed. They were known liars. Um, They smelled bad. They lived outside. They were a different segment of society. And yet the Lord chose to announce the birth of Jesus, good news to the shepherds. So the, the angels arrived. We don't know exactly what it looked like. And the shepherds were there. And the first words out of the angel's mouth are what? Don't be afraid. So why would the shepherds be afraid? Audience participation. Why would the shepherds be afraid? Angels, majesty of God, signifying that God is present, right? So it's just interesting to me. I love uh, interplay with words and images. It's interesting to me that the very same thing that caused the shepherds to be afraid was answered, their fear was answered by the same thing that caused their fear. Do you know what I'm saying? Their fear was, "Uh uh-oh, God is here. And what the angel said is, don't worry, God is here. I mean, they they walk into this like we're toast on a stick here in in the heavenlies. And what the angels proclaim to them is this, you don't have to worry, I've got good news. God's coming to earth. God's coming to earth. They couldn't have imagined how it would be. They couldn't have imagined what it would look like. But here was the announcement of the angel that God has come. And great joy. This is what great joy means to me. I just asked, I mean, I'm just praying, God, how, do I, how would I describe great joy? What's the source of great joy for the believer? And this is what came to me. Our bodies, souls, and spirits are presently in the process of being utterly and completely redeemed. That's good news. Our past is being washed with love. Our future is being secured in God's power, and our present is being strengthened with God's life in God-given, daily chosen, strength-infusing joy. Like that's, that's what it could read in each of our, uh, you know, our Facebook posts. That's what's true about us. We've been justified, made righteous before God, and so we're at peace with God. So I want to talk for a few minutes about joy this morning, and not just hopefully the ethereal Christmas, I love the music, I love the carols, I love the food, I love the food, I love the food, you know, that kind of stuff. But a joy that's deeper than the external. Just hear this. I don't want to say, don't worry about the external. Like, I think sometimes we we give joy a disservice by saying it's only for the future and it's only spiritual. No. Joy is a promise for the believer on earth. It's our birthright. It's our birthright. It's our inheritance. So what does it look like for us to live in our birthright of joy? A couple things. Number one, joy is accessed by faith. Joy is accessed by faith. It's a gift that we get by faith. If we don't believe the good news daily, if we don't really rehearse the good news about what Jesus has done, is doing, and will do, it will be very hard to live in joy. If all you rehearse is the news of today, I mean, 
I don't want to really say much about it, but I do watch and read the news a lot. It was not a good week for news. It hasn't been a good year for news. It actually hasn't been a great generation. Actually, since Jesus came, news has been rough. Right? I mean, right? So you, you, you can't base your internal uh, temperature gauge on what you're seeing on the outside. It's a very touchy time. People are nervous. So faith and joy are intricately connected. Joy follows faith. If you want to write something down today, you want to you know, write something on your hand, joy follows faith. It's a gift accessed by faith, and we get to choose it every day. Remember in Mark 1, Jesus came. I love the Gospel of Mark. It's real snappy. Not a whole lot of extra words. It's just action, action, action. So Jesus is born, and then bam, Mark chapter 1. Jesus comes on the scene. The scripture says, After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come. There's a whole sermon there, which we'll get to in January. Okay? The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So joy is accessed through faith. Joy is present, but just because joy is present doesn't mean we have it. We've got to believe. In the same way that just because God is present doesn't mean everyone uh, experiences the presence of God the same way. Jesus in Mark 1 is saying, hey, it's good news. The kingdom of God has come. And so many people listening to him took that in different ways. But he says, here's how you access the good news of the kingdom. Repent, turn from the way you've been thinking about life and reality, and believe the good news. Believe, Jesus was saying, that I've come, Savior, Redeemer, to justify and forgive and release love and power into you for the sake of the world. We get to believe it. Joy is accessed by faith. And joy comes from Jesus, right? I probably don't have to preach about all of the things that joy won't come from because we've tried them. I mean, you, you have your own attempt and failure at trying to find joy in anything other than the eternal Son of God, the reality of the kingdom in your life. Hebrews 1.9, it's a peculiar verse. The Holy Spirit, speaking through the writer of Hebrews, declaring this truth about Jesus, and it says this, God has set you, Jesus, above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. God has set you, imagine, you know, here's the, the heavens looking at Jesus and the spirit of the Lord saying, Jesus, God has set you above your companions. In what aspect? God's anointed you with joy. It's kind of strange because Isaiah 53 says he's the man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, right? And yet some translation, translations of Hebrews 1.9 say this, Jesus, God made you the most joyful person ever. You, was it because Jesus based his joy on his external circumstances? Have you read the Gospels recently? It wasn't a cozy spot for him. And yet, it, the, the Bible says that Jesus was anointed with joy over all his companions. Why? Because he's the one that brings joy. He's the releaser of joy. He's the conveyor of joy. 
In our church, we read a lot from Luke 4. We read a lot from Isaiah 61 because it was the mission of Jesus, right? Isaiah 61. You're familiar with the first verses of Isaiah 61 where Jesus, you know, announcing that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him and anointed him to bring good news to the poor, bind up the broken, bring freedom for captives, release from darkness and for prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I love all that, right? But as the infomercial might say, but there's more, right? But there's more. It goes on to say, Isaiah 61, the job description of Jesus, Jesus anointed by the Holy Spirit to do what for you and me? To comfort all who mourn. Are there any who mourn here this morning? Do you know any who mourn? Jesus provides comfort going, moving to joy. To provide for those who grieve. Are there any of us who grieve in so many ways? To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Without going into my story that might be your story at some time in life, I have lived with the spirit of despair at times in my life. And many of us have come into contact. You know how sometimes it feels palpable, despair? How horrible it is to walk through a day having perfect faith that all will not be well. That's despair. And there's the promise of Jesus. Here's why the angel, here's why the angel said you don't have to be afraid. Here's why Jesus said the time has come. Here's why Jesus said the heaven has come near. The kingdom is present because Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit for you and for me to give us a spirit of praise instead of a spirit of despair. 2016 does not have to be a year marked by despair for any believer in Jesus. I'm not saying it's easy peasy, lemon squeezy coming at you, right? I just mean it does not have to be marked by despair because we get to choose joy. Joy's accessed by faith. It's provided by Jesus. It's, a, it's, a, um, it's an outflow of the Holy Spirit in our lives if we'll choose it. We were made for joy. Now, there is a verse in Job. I don't know why this came to me or why I'm saying it. There's a verse in Job that says, man was born for trouble as sparks fly upward. You don't see that on the refrigerator a lot, do you? But, but do you identify with it? And yet Jesus says, the, the, the New Testament says, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is joy. It's a gift. A gift that we access by faith and we choose every day. Brilliant, faithful man of the last century, uh, G.K. Chesterton, said this. I think it's up on the screen. I'll just read it because I think it's beautiful and true. Remember, he's uh, speaking from a different century, so don't be offended, women. When he says man, he means men and women. Got it? Okay. <clears throat> man is more himself. Man is more manlike when joy is the fundamental thing in him and grief the superficial Melancholy should be an innocent interlude, a tender and fugitive frame of mind. Praise should be the permanent pulsation of the soul. That's just good. Praise should be the permanent pulsation of the soul. Remember Nehemiah 8.12, the joy of the Lord is your strength. That was my insertion. Pessimism 
is at best an emotional half-holiday. Joy is the uproarious labor by which all things live. Joy is the uproarious labor by which all things live. Isn't that a strange way to say it? Joy and labor? Like, doesn't seem like those should go together. I said joy is a gift, right? It's accessed by faith. And Jesus brings it. So how is it that we labor for joy? And yet Paul labored for joy and Jesus labored for joy. And we're no different. So joy is a gift. It's ours. But we choose it. And that's labor every day, right? It's not easy to choose joy every day. We have to fight for joy with faith. So by faith, back to Luke chapter 2, by faith, the shepherds believed that this baby was good news, right? Think about that. You've got, let's be honest, ignorant shepherds, bottom of society, not even able to report in court, right? Not feeling very connected to humanity, maybe not feeling particularly spiritual. And the angels come and say, don't be afraid. I've got good news. It's going to cause great joy. There's a baby born today. Now, think like a shepherd, if you can, for just a second. When the shepherds hear a baby has been born, how would they relate that to joy? If you're a a first century shepherd, you might think something more like this. A baby's born. Oh, another poor child coming into another poor family in a broken world amidst the tattered hope of a conquered people. I mean, that's what they were dealing with, right? Conquered people, hope 400, 600 years in the waiting. Where's the Messiah? Is there any hope for us? And the angels say there's a baby born. And by faith, instead of the shepherds saying, good luck to that kid, right? The shepherds rejoice. Because by faith, they access the joy of this is good news. This is a different baby. This isn't just a man or a woman come to earth to propose a philosophy that might make you feel better. This is the savior of humanity. This is the son of God. This changes everything. So joy is a gift. It's accessed by faith, but we have to fight for it. Like the shepherds, we have to choose what we'll believe. Paul fought for it. 2 Corinthians 1.24. Paul's speaking to the Corinthians. A beleaguered church with a lot of issues. Read 1 Corinthians. They were messed up. And it says this, but we work with you for your joy because it is by faith you stand firm. What a great phrase that gives me hope for my life. Paul says, but we're going to work with you, community, for your joy, that you would choose joy, that you would recognize and live in joy. Why? Because by your faith you stand firm. Paul's not letting go of the reality of joy and all that's coming in heaven. He just knows that right now it's hard. So we've got to choose faith in the eternal reality, the presence of the kingdom and the coming of the kingdom. And that's our access to joy. Jesus fought for joy. I I talked about it, I think, the intro to communion this morning. Hebrews 12, 2, for the joy that was set before him. Imagine Jesus coming to the cross, you know, It says, for the joy set before him, he's walking to the cross, he's seeing broken humanity, and it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. That endurance indicates pain. 
He endured the cross. He despised the shame. It did not feel good to be mocked, especially as the Son of God. And now he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus fought through the cross for joy. It's like joy was his bait for endurance. And I I, I guess that's my plea this morning. That's my exhortation. Can joy be our bait in life? Can we choose it every day? Can we access it by faith? Can we recognize that joy isn't based on earthly circumstance? It's based on heavenly reality, eternal promise. Jesus, my body hurts today. It's going to be healed. Jesus, you said you're the healer. You're going to heal. You said that you're the savior. You're going to save. You said that you're the shepherd. You're going to protect. You're going to guide. That's not wishful thinking. That's faith. And through faith, we get access to joy. Inexpressible. It's our birthright. Why do we have to fight for joy? Because you can't make someone live in their birthright. You can't force someone to live out their inheritance, right? You ever known wealthy people who squandered their inheritance? Or people who it seemed like just by the gene pool they have everything they need? And then they squander their life? Why is that? Because you can't force someone to live out their inheritance. You have to fight to live in what you've been given. It's, it's the upside down of the kingdom. Joy is a gift. You've got to choose it. It's accessed by faith, and faith is a gift. We work for it, and we do it together, friends. We do it together. We work together for joy. Um, Jeff, if you want to come forward in the ministry team, the the mic's right there. I'll just close and we'll go into a time of ministry. Joy is a gift. Joy is given to you by Jesus and it's made manifest by the Holy Spirit. Joy is a birthright for which you and I fight for with faith. It's a gift you choose daily by faith. Hear this. Joy is yours. Joy is yours. 